You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 220 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Malisha. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Valerie. How are you going? I'm good. What's happening in Gina world? Uh, oh, God, it's, it's, it's a crazy time of the year, but uh, all millennials out of the house. All millennials yeah. out of the house. So this I am dates. like that opening scene in Risky Business, you know, where the mum and dad leave and <laughs> uh, he's left to his own devices. That's me at the moment. I'm going to go right. tonight and stand in front of the fridge in my underwear because I can. And but they're not permanently out of the house, are no, they? No, they're just no, no. They'll temporarily be back, out but of the house. It's nice yeah. to have a little holiday for yeah. for everyone. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, that's that sounds good. What's been happening in the world of photography for you, Gina? All right, so I've done a few shoots which have been great. I also and it hasn't come yet, but I have ordered get this, an external mm-hmm. flash for the iPhone. Oh, how yes. will it trigger? Hmm? How will they, they trigger? They talk to each other. Wow. Bluetooth. By Bluetooth. Oh, yeah. okay. Wow, I can't that's wait. fantastic. I know. Okay. Because I'm I've keen s- to see what you think. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited and uh, p- possibly, you know, there'll be more accessories for the iPhone coming out. I know that there's you can get continuous lights for your iPhone that yes, you can also yes. have cases that you can surround your phone with uh, light so that when you do your selfie, you look beautiful. But, that, but <laughs> the, to, to be able to trigger any flash. So this trigger, I could set it up with my studio lights, 20 lights, mm. and it'll trigger those lights. Wow. I know. Technology, huh? Amazing. So yeah, that's amazing. exciting. That and is exciting. Yeah, I just uh, finished uh, a massive tutorial for the Goldies and just finished recording that now on uh, the, uh, the subject that we're talking about today, which is the classic uh, portrait lighting styles. So, yeah. Yes, this week's topic is classic portrait lighting styles and how to create them using daylight or flash. So, mm. obviously, we're going to be covering we're going to be covering this in this week's episode. Mm. But if you're in the gold community. You you get a little bit of extra love, some videos, some more tutorials, um, critiques on how it's done on actual photos. And if you're interested in finding out more about that, then have a listen to this. Hey guys, are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level? I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my Gold Community. The Gold Community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials. There's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month. 
In these tutorials, I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations, posing and directing models, lighting and post-production. You get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from surface in Sri Lanka using a single speed light to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight or high-end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly live calls and heaps more. As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So what are you waiting for? Join the Goal community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com. All right, so there you go. Now, Gina, I had an interesting week this week because I went to the opening night of an a photographic exhibition at the Museum of Contemporary Art in Sydney. Uh, it was the work of David Goldblatt, who is a South African photographer, and it was about 370 images spanning seven decades of his work. And his wow. you'd actually really like his yeah, stuff. No, it's really I do. gritty. I love his stuff. He's mm. amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. So it was great just to see that body of work progress over, you know, that long, a lifetime and to see how it evolved and to see the sorts of things he was interested in and also how, um, how it changed. Because, um, you know, in the early part of his career and for a lot of his career, he mainly shot in black and white, kind of like depicting the, well, you know, the the black and white situation in South Africa. And then afterwards when things started to change in South Africa, he started shooting in colour. You could see a marked difference not Mm -hmm. only visually but in the feel of his work. And and one of the things that he said was that he started shooting in colour because some of his anger at the way, you know, the situation in South Africa was dissipated a bit and um, that was reflected in his photography. But, yeah, it's a really interesting exhibition and if you're in Sydney, then make sure you go and catch it at the Museum of Contemporary Art in Sydney. Definitely. So now let's move on to this week's topic, Gina, classic portrait lighting styles and how to create them using daylight or flash. Okay, Mm. great. Well, what are the classic portrait lighting styles? Well, there are many, but let me before I get into them, I'm just will mm-hmm. just um, start with a, a bit of background on uh, mm-hmm. my understanding of the classic portrait lighting styles, and I think this sort of uh, happens with a lot of people as they're learning photography. I can remember when I first started photographing portraits, I actually had no idea there was classic portrait lighting styles. I thought there was portraits, <laughs> and you know, all portraits were the same, and I didn't. I wasn't paying attention to what the light was doing and I didn't really care about it. I was more focused on getting an exposure, plus or minus <laughs> three stops, right, or right. actually getting an image that was sharp. So I was focused on the mechanics of the photo and, you know, stuff like not dropping the camera. So <laughs> I, I I started working with daylight for for the first, at least first three to five years because like many photographers, I was scared to death of using flash or artificial yes. lighting. And not only because I did just the mechanics bamboozled me, it was that mm-hmm. whenever I used flash, it looked 
shite. You know, it, mm. it, it, it wasn't the same. You, you didn't get those beautiful tones uh, that I did when I used Daylight. And, and so it, it, it really put me off. And I believed, I always believed that there was no way that you could even replicate daylight it, it was either daylight or or nothing at all and many 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 photographers tried to convince me that no you can shoot with artificial lighting and you can replicate flash and you can val and it's like when mm-hmm. i started to learn this and then you get deeper and deeper into it um you start Did you to- just say you, you you can shoot with artificial lighting and you can replicate flash? Sorry, you can replicate daylight, right? With okay, artificial right. lighting. You can. So you can replicate daylight using continuous lighting, which you see on film sets all the time, film and television. Yes. So when you watch uh, a, a TV show and you see the family and there it's 5 a.m. and the sun's streaming through the windows – do you think the crew are up at 5 a.m. to get that light? <laughs> it's, no. It's artificial lighting, but you can do it. Yes. You can recreate it in a way, and there's all these fantastic little tricks that you can do to get that or that beautiful evening light. And so this is a major game changer. So the thing is that uh, when you're working in a way that you're only – focusing on working with daylight and you don't really understand what the light is doing, you will Mm. have those opportunities when you shoot a portrait and everything aligns for you and you'll get a great shot because you just happen to have great daylight. But then, and that would happen to me, and then I might go back and I go, wow, I got a great shot. It's that spot. I'll go back to that spot. And I might go back and it'd be at a different time of the year or a sl- mm. an hour earlier, an hour later, and everything's different. And I was never able to recreate the image because I didn't properly understand what the light was doing and why it looked like that in the first place. So yeah. knowing how to manipulate light in relation to your model, big game changer. So, And these rules apply to all kinds of light. If you understand light, you can achieve any lighting style. So, well, using the classic portrait light, it's not it's not an essential skill. You don't have to know what all the the, the classic portrait lighting styles are. And there mm-hmm. are a lot of photographers who just work intuitively. They just they just know. Like they they can create great images, and that's perfectly okay. But like knowing these, and like it's like understanding color theory or the rules of composition. It's a great idea to just be aware of these lighting styles, and then you can take them and you can tweak them and you can make them your own. All right. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So before I talk about the classic lighting styles, I just want to go into lighting a little bit and I just want to talk about the factors that influence your lighting. So there's three important factors that will influence how your lighting looks. And that's firstly, we've got the quality of light. So that's hard light or soft light. Mm -hmm. And we've gone into Mm -hmm. this in depth in prior podcasts, but, but basically Val, Probably you would know the difference. Hard light, you recognize it by? When you can see shadows yeah, behind Yeah, basically. You. So it's hard, it's got direction, and you will see a hard shadow. The shadow will have an edge, and that's how you can tell the difference basically. And soft light, 
usually there is no shadow or the shadow is very soft. The other difference between hard and soft is the transition from your darkest area to your lightest area. When the light is very hard, you've got high contrast. So you go from dark to light very quickly. The transition is quite rapid. Okay. But when you've got soft light, your transition from dark to light will be a lot more gradual and you'll have more detail in those mid-tone areas. So you'll have like a a larger span across the uh, tones of that image. Does that make sense? Makes sense, yes. Okay. So the second important factor is the position of the light in relation to your subject. And And when I'm talking about light in this episode, you can... Pretend you're working with daylight or it could be flash or it could be continuous light or it could be a lightsaber, whatever turns you on. (laughs) All right? So it's the position of – and you can light portraits with a lightsaber. (laughs) Okay, because we all have a lightsaber lying around. Some people do, Valerie. Yes, they do. I uh, Yes. so So the position of your light in relation to your subject is going to influence the shape of your light, the contrast of your light, and the softness or hardness of your light, and also the brightness of your light. So let's just keep that in mind, all right? And Mm -hmm. finally, the amount of fill light or contrast in your image that's going to influence Mm -hmm. your shot. So fill light can be like you could have – you could be in a small room with one window – And so the light streaming in the one window, if your small room is painted black, you're not going to have a lot of fill light because basically the light streams in the window and it'll bounce off the walls. If the walls are a dark color, it's not going to bounce much light into the room. If you've got Mm -hmm. a small room with a window and the light streaming in and let's say the windows are white, the walls are painted white, the light's going to stream in the window, bounce off the white walls and you'll have a lot more fill light in the room, a lot more reflected light. Yeah, that makes sense. And so that will influence how – uh, how much contrast is in is in your shot? So these are important things to consider. All right. So there are a lot of examples in the show notes. So if you want, you can follow along. The show notes are at ginamilitia.com. Uh, first up, I've got an example of the two different kinds of light and how they will influence your portrait. So I've got an example uh, of a model shot with soft light at mm-hmm. soft filtered light and it's very much like a garage style of lighting the light source is directly behind me and it's um uh flooding the model front on it's very flat it's very soft even light so there isn't a lot of contrast the transition from darker areas to lighter areas is really gradual so um it's a nice flat even lighting perfect beauty lighting very flattering lighting Flat light is flattering. Good way to remember yes. it, what to choose if you want to flatter your portrait. <laughs> okay. Use flat, flat light lighting. Is flattering. Yeah. <laughs> Thought of that all by myself, Val. <laughs> 
If you okay. really want to show character in a face and you want to enhance uh, texture on the skin and show real detail, then you want to go with a harder edge light and that creates contrast and shadow and that will give you a moodier, harder edge to your portrait. So you can use a hard light and often I work with hard light when I'm working with uh, more character portraits and I really want to show texture of the skin skin and yeah you can you also, like that that's it's that's something you i that, love that you like that, that look yes mm. and then you can do something somewhere in between the two and this is where i talk about you know you you once you know the rules you can learn how to manipulate the rules so you can take hard light and add soft light as fill and you can create something in between. So you can get a portrait where you've got a, a hard, edgy light, but you can fill in all the shadow details so you get like a crisper edge to your images, but you're filling in and uh, the shadows. So you can work. You can work with ratios. You can um, – it's like mixing paint, Val, is the best analogy. <laughs> you know, like yes, you can okay. find a colour of blue that you really like, that tone, and then you can manipulate that blue just by adding some whites or you might add some reds to that blue and take it towards sort of more of a, a purple spectrum or, you know, you, d depending on the tone and the intensity of the tone, you can dilute it and do all of that. You can do the same with light just by working yep. with your fill ratios and hard light and soft light. All right. If that makes sense. Yes. So uh, the second point, the position of your light in relation to your subject. So how close or far your image is to your – how far or close your light is to your subject also influence mm -hmm. the brightness of the light. So we know that. That's like we all know that if you have a light and you bring it closer to your subject, it's brighter, right? Yes, of course. That's a no-brainer. There's another couple of laws that just when you hear them, they don't make sense because they're counterintuitive. Yeah. So how close or far away your subject is from the light source also mm -hmm. influences contrast. And the second one is the size of your light source in relation mm -hmm. to your subject will influence how soft or hard your light off your light is. So that's confusing. So mm. We have to talk about something called the inverse square law. Okay, go on. So it's a law of uh, it's it, it's a feeling physics or science or something. You know, I <laughs> failed all of this. So 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 I'm not yes. going to give you the the law, but basically, the when you have a light source, what mm -hmm. happens is the closer you are to the light source the faster the light drops away. So there is increased contrast. So I've got an image of a torch that I've photographed on the ground. Uh, so mm -hmm. the torch is uh, spreading out its light from above. And if you look at that image, you can see that there, where the, the light source leaves the torch, it's at its brightest, okay? Yes. And then it, it's course, very yes. bright and then it becomes uh, like – 
there's ratio, so it, it drops in brightness in percentages. But then at some point, yes. the amount the light drops off slows down rapidly. So all light somewhere in the middle as it's dropping off becomes softer and it loses the contrast and it's like this sort of this sweet spot of light where it suddenly doesn't start to drop off as fast as rapidly, so the contrast okay. decreases. So... If you know this about light, all you need to know is the closer you are to the light source, the closer your subject is to the light source, the more rapid the fall-off is going to be. So if you position your model very close to the light, it's going to go from bright to dark really quickly. And a good way Mm -hmm. to find this out for yourself and the best way to learn this stuff, the the way that it makes sense is to actually do it yourself. So get a torch, Mm. get a little portable, like little $5 torch, get get a – a, a doll a, or a sphere or um, a ball, anything, and mm-hmm, bring the torch mm-hmm. right up close to that ball and you'll see that uh, where the light hits the side of the ball or the, the doll or whatever, you'll see that mm. that's illuminated and then the other side becomes very dark, very rapidly. Now, if you take that ball or that doll and you move it away from the light source, you'll notice that the side that's illuminated compared to the opposite side, the contrast uh, diminishes. So you'll have your lit side and then the opposite side uh, will also be lit, but the contrast won't be as high. So the fall-off isn't as rapid. Yep. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So that it's actually counterintuitive. You it would is. think that when you are closer to a light source, it's going to be brighter. And I mean, it is it brighter, is but it brighter. is actually more contrasty and more shadowy. Whereas the further away you go and reach the sweet spot, the light is more even and less shadowy is what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. So um, this um, is something that you need to remember when you're working with light because often people um, get that wrong and will, you know, move their lights away uh, in an attempt to decrease contrast. But what it's doing, in an, you do move your lights away to decrease contrast. And but people are trying to create, say, if you want more modelling in your uh, portraits and you want to create a shadow side, then the idea is to bring your lights closer. If you want to increase the amount of contrast, pull your lights Mm. away if you want to decrease the amount of contrast, all right? And also the the other one is the size of the light source in relation to your subject. Uh, So, Mm -hmm. and this is to do with the quality of light. The bigger the light source in relation to your subject, the softer the light will be. Okay, yep, yep. And again, and and when I'm talking about soft, we describe that soft light has a transition. You'll get more um, detail in your mid-tone areas. So the graduation of from dark to light will be over a greater area. The transition is greater, you get more detail. If if you've got a harder light source, then you're going to have a more higher contrast image. So the graduation from dark to light happens over a shorter span. Mm-hmm. Okay? So yep. if yep. you want a softer, uh, kinder looking light, you want to have 
a larger light source. If you want a harder, Mm -hmm. edgier light, then you want to have a smaller light source. And we can see that in nature that when you've got the sun high in the sky, tiny light source up in the sky, right, when it's just Mm -hmm. sunlight – uh, causes very hard light. If we mm-hmm. make that light source larger by adding a blanket of cloud, we've just increased the size of our light source and we get a yep. softer light. And we see that in a window, like you've got a big large window that's got filtered light coming through, large light source, it's going to give you flat, even, soft lighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That makes so, sense. Uh Get that torch and get that little doll or ball and have a play around with it because it never makes sense when you hear it. It's quite confusing, but, it, you know, the learning is in the doing. This this will mm. um, really help you to understand that. All right, so there's a couple yeah, of sure. examples of when I talk about the difference between high contrast and low contrast and what that would look like uh in a very basic sense. So you can see that the transition from light to dark in a very high contrast looks like one of those um, chocolate biscuits that are half dipped in white chocolate and half dipped (laughs) in dark chocolate. And then if you've got low contrast, it's like they mix the two chocolates together and you get like a milky chocolate. (laughs) Okay, I'll go with that. (laughs) All right. Sure. All right, so... When it comes to lighting styles, you've got the lighting style is determined by where the main light is in relation to your subject. So when we're talking about lighting, Mm -hmm. we're talking about our key light. That is our main light. That's the star of the show. That's what's lighting the subject. And then we can change how contrasty that image is by bringing in fill light and the purpose of fill light is to fill the shadows and fill light can be reflected light so it can be light that's Mm. bouncing off the wall creating fill or it can be light that's bouncing off a reflector back into your model or it could be another light source that brings light in and I taught you about fill light when you were learning how to light your videos Val back in the day Mm-hmm. And I showed you that you could light with one light and have mm-hmm. shadow off to one side. And then I said you yep. could also bring in a fill light mm. onto the other side of your model and uh, balance that lighting out. And you can play mm. with your ratio. So if you had one light camera yep. right at full power, and if mm. just say you wanted a shadow on camera left, what would you? What setting would you have your other light at? So you might have it at 50% or yes. 25% or something, yeah. depending on how much you wanted to see, like, contours of the face. Exactly. So the more fill you have, the less shadow. So you'll have a flatter um, image. Uh, the less fill, the more mood. So, again, it comes down mm. to what you want to achieve as a portrait. So if you leave it to chance, it'll be like you look at the light and you say, well, that's the light I've got. But when you understand how lighting works, you say, well, this is the light I've got. I can now manipulate it to create the lighting style that I want. So let's say, for example, you wanted to photograph Ruby Rose, who is an actress and she is in Pitch Perfect 3. She's going to be the new um, Batwoman, I think. 
and she's she got been the gig in, of Batwoman. Wow, I believe so. Yes, <laughs> and she's going. She's been in Orange Is the New Black. Now she's got quite um, good bone structure. Amazing. Now, if you were going to shoot her as a villain, so in Pitch Perfect Three, she wasn't the nicest character. So if you were going to shoot her as a villain, you might want some, a lot of that modelling because uh, uh, on the face. So as in, you might want to kind of show off the bone structure of the face where you can see um, the shadows. So you would do exactly that. You would make sh- you would have less fill light and yep. high contrast. But if you were shooting her as a wholesome girl next door, which I'm sure she could play as well, then you might not want such angular features. You might want to then have more flat lighting or, or, or have more fill lighting in order to get that kind of look. Would that yeah. be a good yeah, example? that's great. I've shot her. I use beauty lighting on her because she's quite yeah, she's beautiful. Very, very beautiful. Yeah. She's yeah. So yeah, perfect. So you can manipulate the amount of fill just by working on those fill ratios. So your key light, your main light, is going to determine the shape of the light, and then mm-hmm. how contrasty that light is. How how much detail you have in your shadows is going to be determined by the amount of fill light that you bring into that shot. Yeah, perfect. Cool. All right, so let's have mm-hmm. a look uh, at some of these uh, lighting styles. So first up, we've got classic beauty lighting, and uh, this is one that I like, and it can be done with daylight, continuous light, or flash. So it's basically where the main light, so that could be flash, continuous light, or the sun is positioned mm. directly above your model's head. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so that is that, that classic style. So if you want to uh, recreate that with, say, if you're out in um, sunlight, hard sun, mm-hmm. then the way I work with that is I just position, tip, tip the model's face up so that the light is hitting flat on the face. And then you're going to get the fall off from the shadow uh, around the chin and if they've got high cheekbones into the cheekbones and you might get some Mm -hmm. fall off into the eye sockets. So that could be good. If you're looking at that and thinking "Mm, the contrast is too high, you can Mm. reduce that contrast by bringing in a reflector underneath that's going to bounce light back in the face and that that becomes a butterfly lighting situation so if you're working with the sun you can bring a reflector directly under your model's face and that's going to reflect light back in so it's going to flatten out those shadows open up the shadows fill that light in. If you're working with a light, so it could be a speed light that has a, an octobox, it could be a um, a flash, a studio flash with a, a beauty dish on it. it, it could be anything, but it's that same thing, light directly above your model's face, that's going to give you the, the same look. The closer you bring that light to your model's face, the more rapid the shadows are going to drop off, the more contrast you're going to have. So you can bring in a reflector and fill those back. If you want flat lighting, you can not have a reflector or not have any fill light if you want to have more shadow or more sculpture or definition to the face. Does that make sense? Yep, makes sense. All right, so – um. That cl- classic beauty lighting, I can. I've got two examples. One where I've lit a female model, uh, at, and mm-hmm. it's uh, flat lighting. So I've got a 
beauty dish directly above the model and slightly flat on. So it's lighting the face. It's also creating uh, some shadow under the cheek, the, the cheekbones and under the chin. It's a beautiful lighting to define the uh, jawline and define features. And and then I've used a reflector underneath to really fill back those shadows. So it's a, a fairly low contrast image, perfect for doing uh, beauty lighting and beauty portraits. I like it a lot for when I'm lighting female models. When I'm lighting male models, and, and I'll have the light flat, uh, a lot flatter for that scenario so that it's a lot less contrast in the lighting. If I'm lighting a male model and I want it to look really grungy and really show off uh, all the, the creases and the texture in the skin, I might uh, tilt the light uh, at a more extreme angle so the light is falling down across the face and it catches onto all those uh, lines and creates those shadows and perhaps not use a reflector so that I, I have those shadows and you see that rapid fall off. And so there's two examples there where I've done that. And, of course, if you do want to have a look at the uh, images, then just go to the show notes at ginamilitia.com. Yeah. Yeah? So, okay, so, so what's next? So that that, that uh, butterfly lighting, it's also uh, known as clamshell lighting, uh, and it's very mm-hmm. popular, like was very popular in uh, Hollywood-style lighting, So and it's used a lot now in beauty lighting. All right, so you can tweak this lighting ever so slightly. So think about that uh, butterfly lighting, beauty lighting, clamshell lighting where you've got the light directly uh, above your model and centered. So it's it's lighting both sides of the face evenly, all right? So you've got a flat lighting. Mm-hmm. If you tweak that slightly and shift the light off to an angle, you've got something called loop lighting, all right, and so what that right. does is you've got the light off to the side, so it'll light maybe three quarters of the face, and then the face starts to go to shadow. And so this is, I probably I use this in most of my uh, location portraits because it just gives. Um, it looks a lot more natural than something that's shot in the studio flat on. So uh, it, it just why gives, is it called loop lighting? Because it uh, the the position of the light causes a little nose shadow to the side of the nose, a little loop of light to the side oh. of the nose, and that's what it was named after, the loop. And the butterfly lighting, good question, I'm glad you asked. Butterfly lighting comes from um, – butterfly lighting, clamshell, beauty lighting comes from the shadow that's caused under the nose so that you know you've got your oh. clamshell, beauty lighting, butterfly lighting correct because you get like a little shadow under the nose that looks like a little butterfly. I did not know that. There you go. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So that loop lighting, you get a little loop, a little shadow just to the side of the nose and you also get like a beautiful uh, uh, shadow to the side of the face. Very flattering. It can uh, make the face look a lot uh, narrower and uh, sculpt the face and also make your lighting look a lot more natural like there was light flooding in from one side of the room. So that's uh, just by changing the angle slightly. So that's that's yep. a you, you once you see this style of lighting you'll start to recognize it everywhere but both these uh, examples that I've given you. Great. All right. So 
The next one, split lighting. Uh, and now this one mm. is uh, this the those laws of lighting that we talked about at the start of the show really come into play when you do this lighting. And so this, I think, uh, and this is something that I got my Goldies to do uh, th- this month where I gave them an mm-hmm. exercise called the Peeling Potatoes Challenge where <laughs> I got everyone to try and attempt uh, split lighting, and this is something that you can easily do uh, just by using window light uh, to start with so you can see what happens. So remembering that law that we talked about where light drops off more rapidly the closer your model is to the light source, what yes. I want you to do is, and if you don't have anyone available that will model for you, uh, you can get your styrofoam head out or get your doll or get a soccer ball, whatever you've got, bring it right By the way, up. if anyone's looking for a styrofoam head, I went to Lincraft this uh, week and there's heaps of styrofoam heads there. Just Fantastic. Saying. All different mm-hmm. styles and f- shapes. and I didn't check out the shapes, <laughs> but there were quite a lot to choose from. My Wayne has like got a very chiseled jaw. I like him. He's, okay. got, a, he's got a beanie on at the moment <laughs> and I had him sitting in the lounge room and my daughter asked that he be moved because he creeped her out every time she came home. Yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> take that styrofoam head, your model if you have one or uh, a doll and bring it up close to the window and take take a shot and expose for the highlight side of the face and what you'll get is split lighting. So you'll get uh, your image that will have light uh, hitting your model uh, on one side of the face and then the light drops off rapidly to shadow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically the face is split. The face is split, like again, one of those cookies that are, you know, half chocolate. <laughs> you and the half cookies. Been, I don't really yeah. get the cookies, but okay. Do you know what those cookies, cookies are you talking about? No, I There's don't. These what cookies, cookies are you that you can buy that they're dipped in chocolate, like half is chocolate, half is white chocolate. You've never had them, Val? What are they called? Yeah, no, I can't I've never remember. Had them. But they're like, they're everywhere. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Take that model now and move it away from the light source and have a look at what happens. And I'll tell you (laughs) before you (laughs) do it that the contrast um, decreases and you'll have an image that is more evenly lit. Now, we know – Because it's going nearer the sweet spot. Exactly. Valerie, Mm -hmm. that's fantastic. (laughs) Yes, you're going more uh, away from the sweet spot. Now, this is so good to know because if you want, if when you're lighting, say, a group of people, the mistake Mm. that a lot of photographers make is like say they've got two light sources and they're trying to light 10 people, Mm. you think because I need um, to shoot them at say F16 because I want everyone sharp all the way through so I need my lights to be brighter. So what everyone does is they bring their lights closer in to the group, right? Makes sense, doesn't Mm. it? You want brighter Mm -hmm. lights, bring them closer. But this is at the danger of creating more contrast in your image. And what happens is uh, because of that inverse square law, the people at the front of the group 
are brighter mm. and the people mm. at the back of the group, the, the, the light drops off rapidly and they're not lit um, as well. They'll be like a stop under the people at the front of the group. If you want to light a group shot and you apply the inverse square law, move your lights away from your group and then there mm. is somewhere in the sweet spot where you've got this transition of light to dark is not going to be as rap- rapid and you're going to have a lot flatter lighting and everyone in the group will be evenly lit. More even, yeah. Makes yes. sense. All right. Mm-hmm. So um, you can control that contrast in the split lighting just by the position of your model in relation to the window. So if you want that hard split straight down the middle, that chocolate, white chocolate look, close to the window. If you want to have uh, that that modeling but you don't want it to be as severe, move your move your model away from the light source. And and that could be if mm. you don't if you want to shoot this with flash and you want to create split lighting, just bring your flash right next to your model. And again, experiment with a with a torch and see what that looks like. Okay, so that that's makes sense. Split lighting. Now, one step up from split lighting, using the exact same principle and a very well known lighting style, is Rembrandt lighting. Do you know what Rembrandt's full name is, Val? Uh, and as no. a painter now, do you know who he was? <laughs> yes, but I don't remember his full name. So he's a 15th century Dutch painter. And his mm-hmm. full name, get this, is Rembrandt yes. Hamezonzoon van Ringe. <laughs> I probably okay. butchered that for all the, yes. the Dutch that are listening to that. All right. So, yes. Okay. He had this distinct painting style and the way he would model his uh, portraits was he had uh, his portrait studio, he had uh, a small light source uh, and the windows were high uh, up above in the room, okay? And then so the light was up high and then coming down at a certain angle, like about 45 degrees. So that, that's how he would position his models. And the way the light source looked was it was like split lighting but not as contrasty. And what you would get is one side of the face was lit and the mm-hmm. other side of the face falls to shadow but then there's this triangle of light that's got the same sort of values as the lit side just under the the eye in the shadow side and that's yes, his classic okay. that's that's how you tell rembrandt lighting you've got that triangle of light and the way you get so that so it's the triangle of light on the shadowy shadow side. side shadowy side okay and so the way you get that is you need a your light source uh, up high and at a 45-degree angle. So if you want to create Rembrandt lighting in, say, with a window and you've got, as most houses do, floor-to-ceiling windows, the best way to do that is to just maybe get some blackout and blackout the bottom third of the window and then you've only got the top the light coming in from the top and you'll have something very similar to um, Rembrandt lighting, like Rembrandt studio. And then it's just a matter of manoeuvring your model so that they're sort of around uh, 45 degrees in relation to the light and then just looking through the viewfinder till you start to see that one side is lit and the other side is falling off to shadow but you've got that little triangle under the eye. Yeah, great. 
All right. Rem- and you can Rembrandt do lighting. the same with a flash and continuous lighting. Same thing. All right. Cool. Next one, Val, is rim mm-hmm. lighting. Okay. So rim. basically, R-I-M, rim. R-I-M, rim. Yes. Okay. And so that's basically where you've got the light coming from behind. And so you can use this in conjunction with, say, front lighting. So what I like to do is if I'm shooting a portrait and I've got beautiful light flooding the room, so it might be nice, soft, daylight that's coming in and that lights the face beautifully but sometimes the when the light is too flat the image looks too flat so I might just bring a little dook of rim light in and that what that does is it gives a little halo around the 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 model and it separates the model from the background so say you've got a very dark room and someone with dark hair a little bit of rim light just helps to Mm -hmm. separate the two so that works very well so you can create that look uh, where you can have two lights one light um, on the model front on and then a little uh, maybe half power half the power again on the back just to light up the back of the model or you can have sunlight coming in as your rim light and then you can fill with flash at the front light or you can have daylight at the front and then add flash to the back so you can manipulate your light just to increase the contrast of your image and another really simple way to do rim lighting and what I like to do and it's also a quick Mm -hmm. way to work is where you've got say uh, daylight coming in so the the main light source is directly behind you so you might have two large windows behind you the photographer your model is in Mm -hmm. front of you being lit by Mm -hmm. those two windows and mm-hmm. so you've got that light streaming in and if they've got dark hair and the background is dark, you can add mm. a silver reflector behind your model to bounce that daylight back into your model's hair and it'll give you that little edge as well. So you can do it with a reflector. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah that makes sense because often when you have dark hair and you're against a dark background, you just blend in, the model blends into the background. So having that little bit of highlight um, or, or reflection or whatever, uh, mm. helps you define where their hair is. Exactly. So that that's a good little thing and something to look out for, so just so your models don't merge into the background. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So um, sunlight is the most natural rim light. So as soon as you backlight someone, they're lit up and, and, and then you can even use just a reflector to light the front. So it's just something that you need to look out for. All right, and so finally, Val, we've got a couple of – they're not necessarily lighting styles, but they're ways of working with light to make people uh, look more flattering. So there are two kinds of lighting styles called short lighting and broad lighting, and it's uh, not so much the way you light but where you position your camera and how you ask your model to turn their face. So right. short lighting is where you have your model turn their head so that the shadow side of the face is facing camera. Shadow side, side of, of the, the face, face is facing, facing the camera. The camera. Oh, okay. okay. So let's say that you have someone who uh, camera left, you've got window light coming in and lighting your model 
and then the shadow falls off to camera right. So the light's coming in from mm-hmm. left to mm-hmm. right. Yep, got it. Short lighting is where you ask your model to turn their face to the towards the direction of the light. So the left side of their face is lit and then it falls off to the right side of the face and you're shooting into that shadow side of the face. Mm-hmm. That's short lighting. What that does, it's an optical illusion that makes the face appear narrower. Okay. When the opposite of that, Val, is broad lighting, and that's where, same situation, you've got your light source, camera left, that's Mm -hmm. this side of the face is illuminated, the shadow goes off to camera right, you would have your model facing to camera right. So they're facing their lit side of their face to camera. Yeah. And the reason it's called broad lighting is because Mm. it actually, the optical illusion is it makes the face appear broader, wider. So when would you use either or? So short lighting, if you have... Who wants a broader face? Right. So (laughs) I suppose people with really skinny faces. Yes. If you're photographing (laughs) someone who has a very long, narrow face, I like to either photograph them dead square to camera, front on, mm-hmm. or use this broad lighting where, I'm, where I've got them, the light side of their face facing towards camera and it actually gives that illusion that their face is slightly fuller. And then the opposite, if I've got someone who has a slightly fuller face, I'll use mm-hmm. short lighting to give that optical illusion that their face is narrower. Okay. Yes, of course. That makes sense then. All right. So um, now you've got the choice of moody versus flat lighting. So I like to use moody lighting for drama and to add character and depth. And then I avoid moody lighting on female models because it's not flattering. And we've also remember that flat lighting is flattering, flat, flattering. It's good, good little rule to remember. Okay. So yep. um, there it is, Val. So, and we've got a, uh, right. a Gina challenge as well. Oh, okay, hashtag Gina challenge. Yeah. All right. What's, so, so this is your challenge to all of our listeners this week. What, yes. What is it? And so it is hashtag lighting style. And so upload your images into the Facebook podcast group and the address of that is Val. <laughs> so um, join our listener community. It's free to join. All you need to do is search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and request to join. We'd love to have you in there. There are people from all over the world, from all walks of life and all different levels of photography. And it's really awesome just to see all your photos. And if you want to join into Hashtag Gina Challenge, then upload your photo that has something to do with lighting style. You can interpret that however you like. You can choose any of the styles that Gina has mentioned in today's episode or some other one and maybe explain it to us what you were trying to achieve and just 
tag it with hashtag Gina challenge, hashtag lighting style. We'd love to see your stuff. So make sure, don't be shy. It's great. Don't it's be a very, shy, very yes. supportive and community. Even if, even if it's just your styrofoam head, please, we'd love to yeah. see them, upload them, tell us what their name is because like, we've it, had yes, some great names. because the important thing is that it doesn't have to be a masterpiece. It can just be your your experiment because we'd love to see um, some of the results of just your experiment, you know, just with a torch or with you know, your your equivalent of Wayne. Gina's got Wayne, I've got Kate um, yeah. as our styrofoam heads. Right, yeah, that's a great challenge, Gina, fantastic. Yeah, thanks, cool. Val. All right. Wow, awesome. Okay, so that was really, really, that was great, comprehensive and um and particularly insightful, the short lighting and the broad lighting, because I'd never really thought of that before. Mm. I mean, I've thought about, you know, contrast. I've thought about um, angles, but I never really thought of, you know, thinking through whether to have the shadowy side or the lit side um, facing the camera. So mm. that was cool. All right, great. So what's coming up for you this week, uh, Gina, before we chat again? All right, so I've got a few shoots on. We're pre-production for a couple of big ones. It's, oh, my God, so much on. So <laughs> much on, so yeah. much on. All right. Yes, well, I'm trying to get ahead because I'm going overseas. For once, it's it's me, not you, yeah. going overseas next week. You'll be off again soon, no doubt, yeah, I Jet yes. Setter. I don't go often, uh, I go away as often as you, but I am keen to um, be exploring Hawaii soon. Oh, fantastic. Yes, very exciting. Cheesecake All right, factory. so that's what. Why does every single Australian, when I say Hawaii, they say cheesecake factory? I did go past the cheesecake factory when I was there last, but I, firstly, I'm not into cheesecake, uh, but I know that they have more than just cheesecake. Um, but anyway, because because uh, Australians know that you can go to the cheesecake factory and order like their nachos and feed. Mm-hmm. 15 people on it because the, the okay well there's just one huge. of me so that's not very useful to me <laughs> all right fantastic where do we find you online gina i'm at ginamilitia.com that's g-i-n-a-m-i-l-i-c-i-a i'm also on twitter and instagram or social media at gina militia and if you want to connect with me in person then check out the gold community i love teaching i love my goldies we do so much together and i'd really love to work with you guys so you can check that out at uh, ginamilitia.com and click on join the community fantastic and you'll find me at valerie koo that's k-h-o-o on twitter and instagram of course or you'll also find me within the gold community hanging out and um also at valeriekoo.com thanks for listening everyone we look forward to chatting to you again next time thanks guys Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.